Welcome to the Gunning Truth with Ronnie in association with the Arsenal Cape Town Official Supporters Club, a podcast that dissects all things Arsenal. A tough last week or so for the Arsenal. Uh, It's finally part of that season where it's starting to become a bit tricky and uh, some of it is self-inflicted and the others you can look at it as uh, part of the schedule and part of the difficulties of a football club season. Arsenal obviously uh, in our latest Premier League game drawing with Southampton in a game where we looked very comfortable, similar type of performances that we had away to Brentford in the entire game, uh, uh, Bournemouth the entire game and uh, Crystal Palace for that first half. So a similar type of performance in the first half, but unfortunately we weren't able to take control uh, in the sense that uh, control of the scoreboard. Obviously we've had some external factors. Uh, First of all, I thought uh, Xhaka once again was excellent. And uh, our dribblers, Saka, Martinelli and Jesus, were, were were good up until a certain point, but it just seems like uh, the you know that final that final pass wasn't there once again. Odegaard, uh, not his best game, but uh, obviously there's a lot of people that has misconceptions uh, with regards to the type of uh, ten that he is. He's a H slash ten, works hard, is able to create. He's more a pre assist type of a player rather than an assist player. But uh, as uh, someone pointed out in a live uh, YouTube stream that I watched, he actually had three key passes. And obviously, it's not up to him to score the goals from the three key passes. So Saka, I think, had a chance. And then two from Jesus. Uh, The external factors, the referee was absolutely shocking. Uh, It's been so many debates in the last week or so with regards to certain... Uh, decisions that takes place early on on the Premier League weekend. And then it just seems like on a Sunday, in my opinion, uh, that same decision seems to be exactly the opposite. For example, there was an incident in the Chelsea Man United game whereby certain penalties was given uh, uh, that was similar to the Jesus uh, situation whereby a player is all over him and uh, the referee doesn't give a penalty and VAR doesn't overturn it, even though it's clear and obvious. So there's uh, lots of red tape, it seems like, when it comes to decision-making with the referees. And it seems like everything is not in black and white when it comes to VAR and uh, going to go and see uh, or or re-look at certain incidents in the game. And then you've also got the Southampton players, uh, all over our players. We are standing up better two physical situations, but uh, in some cases, uh, it's blatant. And I just think the referee didn't really uh, come to the party. It's already at the end of the week 
a couple of days after the game. So you've obviously, uh, we've had chances to check the games out. We've had chances to watch streams of other fan channels or fan channels of our club. And also in the in the UK, they've got this uh, segments whereby uh, X referees comes onto programs to 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 give their thoughts and uh, contradicting themselves every time. Uh, I think uh, can't get to the referee's name that goes on to Sky Sports, but uh, not too long ago he said one thing for the similar penalty incident that happened with Jesus on sa- uh, Sunday, and. Uh, Tangling of legs is something that came up in this little insert. I tend to not watch it because it's very frustrating that these people are flip-flopping. They are up and down with their opinions. So I don't know if it's stemming from uh, bias or what it is. But two similar penalty incidents, for example. And I think there was one for uh, Harry Kane as well in the Spurs game. Uh, And uh, Spurs ended up losing to Newcastle United. So that was quite good. But uh, there was uh, incidents uh, previously where Harry Kane got some easy penalties. There was incidents of last season. And yes, there's been talk of referees letting certain things go. But uh, even so, I felt that uh, there were situations in the game on Sunday where Arsenal could have been in a situation where the referee gives a penalty. And because it's the last man... Uh, possibly a red card to Southampton and then the second half, you know, becomes much simpler. But then you also have to take into account uh, the controllables and uh, uh, obviously Arteta's substitutions at time. I'm at this point, having seen the last couple of performances where I can't really blame Arteta because we've got a situation now and at the time of this recording, just after the the second loss of the season in a in a poor performance against Southampton, sorry, against PSV Eindhoven, uh, which uh, stems from the the poor second off showing that we had against Southampton on Sunday. And uh, it just seems like uh, in some cases you can maybe pinpoint, okay, Arteta made this change and that change. However, uh, before analysing the, 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 the work that could have been done in the summer with regards to recruitment, we did quite well with regards to recruitment. That's why we are top of the log. We're not, it's not a were. We still are top of the log. We dropped two points. But there's going to be difficult periods in the season. Whether we went out and spent more money on strikers, wide players, it is possible that we can go through a dip as a team. Yes, I just felt that uh, we were totally off our game again in the second half. And this is a, a growing concern uh, for me. Uh, after the Liverpool game, we obviously uh, exerted a lot of intensity in the first two games of the month, or the first two league games at home against Spurs and Liverpool, and then obviously poor performances against, uh, against Bodo Glimt, uh, especially away, and then obviously you can say we dominated the home PSV game. So obviously the Europa League games is tricky because you are making changes and it's now clearly evident that we've got players uh, that's on our bench, that simply, I don't know what is going on, I don't know what is going on in training, but uh, coming into match day performances, I've made a, a podcast where I've discussed the fixtures at least five or six podcasts ago, before we started the Europa League campaign, that we are going to have every week an opportunity for players to come in 
to the team to try and perform. And progressively, uh, Sambi Lakonga and Nketiah, unfortunately, they are scapegoats because it's in key positions that we need to try to rotate and we haven't been able to do so. Thomas Partey has had to come up or come on and Jesus has, has, has had to come on in uh, Europa League games, which is now starting to affect our league form. So we don't have the squad depth. You can blame Edu, you can blame Arteta for not getting that extra players in. Uh, uh, in the summer, we were clearly looking at Rafinha and we were clearly looking at uh, uh, Diaz from uh, Aston Villa. So clearly we were looking to get in a central defensive midfielder. You can blame Arsenal for uh, waking up late. Uh, you can blame Aston Villa for not accepting the terms uh, that Arsenal were that Arsenal were actually willing to put quite a bit of money uh, in the final day of the window. There were certain talks that it was just too much money. There were talks that we offered more for Rafinha uh, in the deal. I'm not sure how, how true that is, but uh, Fabrizio Romano and these type of guys and uh, a gentleman from CBS Sports, they all seems to th- seem to think that our uh, initial targets this summer was Rafinha and Martinez. Um, Rafinha going for less money overall to Barcelona, as well, uh, while Martinez went for much more money to Man United, and they probably needed him more because uh, we wanted to use him as a left back. However, I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm fine with not getting those two players. However, those are the positions that we are struggling. We are having to play Martinelli and Saka because Marquinhos and Nelson, and then to a lesser extent, and Ketia that gets moved onto wide positions. We cannot play these guys. We have to end up playing Martinelli and Saka, and they are, are, are seemingly running on empty. Uh, the performance level has definitely dropped and the performance level as a team has definitely dropped. So uh, that is a concern. Uh, you have to be on it for a whole season and we're not even in November yet. we still got more games to go. We're not even in November yet and yes, there will be a World Cup break but uh, when it really is going to be pressure-filled, it's going to be a nightmare comeback after the World Cup as well. If we thought it's a nightmare now, fixture-wise, it's going to be a nightmare after the World Cup. We've got a terrible January. And I think the TV selection showed that we've got Man United at home, Tottenham away in that month. And then there's a rumoured Manchester City, the, the home game against Manchester City on Amazon on a weird time and a weird midweek date in January. I don't think uh, seeing the way that this, the, the change team has been playing, I don't think we're going to beat Brighton at the Emirates in the Carabao Cup. I'll be shocked if we do. Uh, so that there already is more games that's going to be taken away. And if we do go through, we've got an FA Cup as well as League Cup in January. I think I heard that the, the fourth round of the Carabao Cup will be before the Premier League season starts. I, I don't know how true that is. So before the Premier League restarts after the World Cup when we play West Ham on Boxing Day, I think it is, then uh, we play a Carabao Cup fourth round game. So immediately you are back into the swing of things. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned for now. You don't want to overdo it because we've got quality when our, our starting lineup starts. However, it's prevalent that the performances has dipped since 
the Liverpool game, excellent second half performance there. And then obviously we've had situations where we're playing for 30 minutes here and there. We're playing well. And I don't remember a good second half performance to a lesser extent PSV uh, in the second half uh, of the home tie where we only won 1-0. That is uh, an offhand where I can remember we played really well in the second half. Obviously we didn't uh, do much. We did score one goal. But the goals are drying up now as well. So uh, I want to try and look positively towards the Nottingham Forest game. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know what the, 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 the condition is of the players. Uh, we had now prior to the PSV game. Or yeah, prior to the PSV game, you still don't have Zinchenko. I read somewhere that he is running, but not training with the first team. You had Marquinhos that's ill. So... Uh, his progress is now kind of being stopped because he hasn't played since Arteta went crazy on with him in the Bodo Glimt home game where he didn't track back or wasn't working hard enough. So he hasn't been seen since then, really. Uh, Vieira is lightweight and not just in terms of his stature, but it just seems like the performance. I did uh, credit him in a, a couple of podcasts. He, he, he wants the ball and all those type of things. But uh, there hasn't been much since his Brentford start. There hasn't been much in terms of performance from him. Uh, I, yeah, I think he, he had a couple of good moments at home against Bodo Glimt, to be fair to him. But since then, it's been basically nothing. So I'm hoping that the team can somehow be fresh on Sunday because they're going to be facing a fresh Nottingham Forest that has just beaten Liverpool. And uh, obviously that was at Nottingham Forest's home ground. But... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We need to we need to be in a situation where we can get our free-flowing game going again. And that means starting the game well, starting on the front foot. We are at home on Sunday. I think it's a four o'clock game, if I'm not mistaken, South African time. So we need to prepare and hopefully not train too much over the next couple of days because maybe that is not what is needed right now. So uh, upcoming, Nottingham Forest on Sunday and then... Uh, even though we would have liked to be in a situation uh, because we've got Chelsea at Stamford Bridge on the following Sunday, uh, we now probably have to play. And it's not worked. We have to play a strong team against Zurich uh, where I think we will probably only need a point. I don't know what PSV is going to be like at Bodo Glimt, but uh, they are currently on 10 points. So I will deal with the Europa League uh, soon. But... Uh, in terms of the actual league situation, we've got uh, Zurich next Thursday before we go to Stamford Bridge. And yes, we've won the last two times we've been to, the, to Stamford Bridge, but they are picking up as a team under Potter. We don't do well against Potter. Uh, so I don't know what to expect in that Chelsea game. And then we still have Wolves. So uh, I, it's not looking good. And especially from myself, in, in terms of how I think things are going to go uh, just prior to the World Cup, we really do need to make signings in January. I don't think we're going to make that, do that much business, even though I think we need three to compete for top four. I'm not talking here about league, just to compete for top four. I think we're going to need about three players because, yes, we've got the the starting lineup and we probably do have 13, 14 good players. What is the condition of Elneny and Smithrow when they do have the, the warm weather training in December? 
and hopefully are back and don't have niggles again because you could have some more hamstring-related issues or hip-related issues or calf-related issues with El Nenny and groin issues going forward with Smith Rowe. Hopefully the surgery has helped. So El Nenny, Smith Rowe, Vieira and Zinchenko are going to be key. I don't know if Marquinhos is going to be able to turn it around. He's young and it seems like there's a bit of a dip. So I don't want to include him in the... The, 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 the players that I'm adding to our starting group that needs to perform in order for us to move forward next year. And I'm not even referring to the games that's left. We're going to somehow have to get results up until the World Cup break. So that's the current standings when it comes to Arsenal. Two points clear at the top of the league. Manchester City go to Leicester City. And I think we're getting to a point now where we need them to drop points if we want to be at the top of the league come that World Cup break. Up the Arsenal. PSV Eindhoven 2, Arsenal 0. Our second loss of the season. And uh, once again, one of the greatest Arsenal away kits, the only away kit to outsell the home kit so far, has once again seen a poor performance, or shall I say, uh, a very sad day for Arsenal fans travelling to Eindhoven. I don't want to say poor performances all the way, because we actually did play well against Brentford, won that game, and we lost against Man United, but generally we've played poor in this beautiful black kit with the gold trimmings. A very, very poor display from Arsenal. Once again, it seemed like we were in control. Lots of ball position in the start, but it seems like that is what uh, PSV allowed us to do. And it just seems like it's the same theme once again. Players that's coming in that's not performing. The, unfortunately, they are now going to end up being scapegoats, but they are not performing. And I don't like this attitude uh, that seemingly... Uh, there's a bit of arrogance to uh, Sambi Lokonga. Now, in his defence, he isn't a defensive midfielder. He's a box-to-box midfielder, and that is the role that Xhaka plays. But unfortunately, Alnen is injured. We didn't buy Douglas Luiz, and Thomas Partey needs to be, how can I say, he can't play all the time because he has this uh, uh, constant hip, groin, and hamstring issues. So uh, he, he has to play in the defensive midfield role, which is uh, slightly deeper than what Xhaka would play. We were hoping that with the fact that uh, Arteta selects, most of the time selects uh, Xhaka to play alongside him, that his performances will improve. But it just seems like he's very slow on the ball, doesn't turn. I don't expect him to turn and pass the way that Thomas does. But in the role that he is portraying for us in this 4-1, it's a 4-1-1-1-3, where uh, we're playing with a left 8 and we're playing with a 8-10. It just seemed very disjointed, even though it was a very strong team and uh, a very poor defeat for Arsenal. 2-0 to PSV, that leaves the log situation. Uh, Arsenal's played 5 games, 12 points, so 1 game to go. A home game against bottom side Zurich. Uh, at the time of this recording, the Bodo Glimt Zurich game was still taking place and it was 1 1. I didn't go and check the score. 
And then obviously uh, we've got the situation where PSV now has 10 points. So two points behind Arsenal. Uh, PSV has to travel to Bodo Glimt. I actually want to, as I'm speaking, have a look at what actually happened in the Bodo Glimt Zurich game. So we're in a bit of a situation now, a conundrum that we wanted to, well, I'm sure Arteta wanted to rest certain players. Uh, yeah. Oh, my word. It looks like Zurich got a late winner. So that makes it very interesting. Yeah, Zurich got a late winner. They scored in the 94th minute. So at the time of this recording, it was still 1-1. So Zurich, who I thought would be the whipping boys of the group, and they are actually on a negative 10 goal difference, but they ended up getting a late winner in Zurich against Bodo Glimt. So that means that uh, PSV is then officially, they've already qualified. So they basically are looking to, you know, spoil Arsenal's party by grabbing a win in Bodo, which I don't think they will. I think it will probably end up being a draw. And I would think that Arsenal won't need to win necessarily against Zurich. But I think we will win even if we do make changes. And even though I'm complaining about the players that's not stepping up, we are going to be playing at home. However, we've got a tricky game against Nottingham Forest on Sunday and then the big one against Chelsea next week. So our team for this evening's game, uh, Turner was supposed to play. However, it seems like he picked up a little bit of a, a muscular issue. So yet another Arsenal play with a muscular issue. But I don't want to complain about that because I feel that we've actually been quite lucky with regards to injuries other than Jinchenko, which we are clearly missing in the build-up play. But, and obviously Smith Rowe and El Nenny, but there's other clubs that's in a little bit of a worse situation. It just seems like these squads are a little bit better. So Turner obviously had to withdraw, so that means that Ramsdale has his European debut. Funny enough, Arsenal weren't in Europe last season, so uh, Ramsdale uh, couldn't play in Europe. And obviously the clubs that he played for before have never played in Europe or hasn't played in Europe in decades. Uh, so, yeah, and Tommy Yasu at right back, Tierney at left back. I didn't like their performances, but I think it's mostly to do with the midfield. Uh, holding, once again, two games good, one game terrible. Was at fault for the first game, wasn't commanding in his in his area. Uh, Gakpo uh, was more towards Saliba's side. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a good performance from holding. Saliba, you could say, here and there a little bit, wasn't, he's not as solid. Since since the Liverpool game, uh, since the error against Firmino, I haven't seen that solidity from uh, uh, William Saliba. So hopefully he starts to push back up. Uh, in midfield, we had uh, Sambi Lokonga, has played five games there, hasn't done anything. Some games he looks okay, but that's maybe because as a team we were able to, you know, do uh, control games. Especially, let's say, the first three games. It's obviously started going awry. Uh, when we, well, we can't say three games because the PSV game got played after our third round, the second round PSV game. So uh, after the Bodo Glimt home game, where we were a little bit more comfortable in this group, that is where things started to go awry. And that is because of certain players that's not stepping up when they come into the team. And then Arteta having to play our key players in the Europa League games, which started affecting the form of the league. So, very disappointed in Sambi once again. Uh, Xhaka had an okay game, nothing, nothing exciting. 
but that's once again I think some of the key players was due to the structure of the team and uh, maybe us not wanting it that much. Uh, PSV maybe wanting it a little bit more. I don't think they were anything special. However, they did have three goals disallowed for offside. They had other chances, a Ramsdale error on the second goal, and then a very poor defensive uh, mistake from holding for the first goal. But that, that's, that's how it is. We are still top of the Premier League by two points. We are top of the Europa League by two points. We've got it in our hands at this moment in time. I'm concerned about the league form. I'm concerned about the mentality of the team now, even though the mentality of the team has been quite strong for most of the first 10 games or 11 games or 12 games of the league so far. So uh, very difficult to criticize the mentality now or a couple of minutes or half an hour to an hour after our first Europa League loss. But... It's the reason why the squad is thin. So Arteta wants to do this Pep Guardiola thing where he trusts, really, really trusts 13, 14 players. And from that 13 or 14 players, you can't have injuries. That is unfortunately the problem that we've got. You also can't have an overinflated squad. Arsenal are still a Europa League club, whether we like to admit it or not. We cannot go out and buy... Uh, I've, I've seen so many people say Tammy Abram has got an 80 million euro release clause. That needs to be paid to Chelsea, I think it is, if anybody is to take him off Roma. Uh, Ivan Tony is going to cost the arm and a leg 50 million minimum. And if it is true that we have round about 50 million to spend and we're not going to be selling anyone in January, we are going to not be able to get quality, quality players in. And by players, I mean the two or three that we need. We need a wide forward or a striker. Uh, I'm not even going to entertain striker because we've given Eddie Nketiah all this money. He's not scoring goals. We've given him this 100,000k per week contract. I don't know why. Uh, because of a handful of appearances. He looked good in the start of the season coming off the bench because his pressing game was good. Finishing was still poor. Scored in the first two Europa League games, but then nothing since then. So... Uh, I don't know if we're going to get, we're going to need to get a wide forward that maybe scores goals because Saka and Martinelli can't go through this whole season, just them. Marquinhos, as I've mentioned in the first part of this podcast, is seemingly since the home game against Bodo Glimt not in the reckoning for anything. We had Vieira playing on the right today. Uh, so I thought that there would be lots of interchanging between him and Odegaard. That's not working. It hasn't worked once when they've both been on the field. Uh, so Odegaard, another iffy performance. I don't know if the energy is going. I don't know what's going on, but he had another bad performance. Uh, certain times, passing not there. You could say it's the movement up front, the movement of Nketiah. Sometimes he comes deep, then he's here at the feet of Odegaard, so there's no outlet there's no through ball to play and then other times when he is in position he is fluffing his lines so yeah Martinelli had a bad game Saka looked dangerous at times but didn't really have an impact Thomas Partey came on in the second half so these are players that I'm naming that's part of our first team uh, I don't know I don't know what would have happened if we would have played just youngsters Probably the same situation would have lost anyway. And then we have ha would have had to uh, 
play whichever team to get the job done next week against Zurich. So as it stands in the Europa League, Arsenal are through to the next round. However, we need to avoid uh, uh, messing up the group. So we need to win due to the fact that Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, very likely Juventus, Salzburg, who are a decent team. I don't know. Uh, I've just mentioned them because I remember them being third. Uh, I think, yeah, with Solberg being third, it's very likely that AC Milan will join Chelsea in that group. Uh, I'm just trying to think of other big teams. Sevilla is definitely going to come through as well. They are multiple-time winners of this competition. So these are the type of clubs that's coming through. So Arsenal will need to get a win. I have a sneaky suspicion PSV will draw with Bodo next week in Bodo. So that will leave them on 11. So then Arsenal won't need to get anything out of the Zurich game. However, these teams are going to be playing at the same time. Let me just have a look at the time of the games. I think it's the late one. Yeah, so that's also when the clocks changes. So 10 o'clock kickoff on Thursday, the 3rd of November. So not a good night for Arsenal and not a good week or so. But we can smash Nottingham Forest on Sunday. Hopefully Leicester does something. I doubt it. Leicester does something. It's the early kickoff on Saturday. So hopefully Arsenal can uh, somehow uh, be more points than last week. Clear at the top of the log. We move, people. We move. The final part of the podcast for this week is just to have a little bit of a rundown on uh, various things Arsenal other than our first team. Let's first have a look at the ladies. Uh, the ladies on Sunday, I think it was Sunday afternoon, round about the same team as the men. That's a tough thing about the WSL. It, uh, they tend to, and it's very difficult to find other times, they tend to play at the same time as the men. So Arsenal uh, played Liverpool. Now Liverpool, they've actually been poor recently, but they actually beat Chelsea, the reigning defending WSL double champions, meaning the last two seasons. They've actually beat Chelsea in the first game of the season, 2-1. Uh, so I thought it would be a tough game. And maybe so in the second half, because uh, remember last week, uh, Arsenal beat Lyon in the Champions League. So similar to the men, it's possible that, you know, because some of the teams that's not in the Champions League, they have a whole week to prepare, play a little bit more fresher. They maybe have one or two more days off. So... Um, Second half, Arsenal struggled, but a very good clinical 2-0 win for Arsenal women away. And uh, even though the goal difference is exactly the same as Man United, both teams have won all their games, uh, uh, Arsenal are top. Probably because the name starts with an A, because the goals scored and the goals conceded is exactly the same for Arsenal women. So the log situation in the WSL, Arsenal 12 points tied with Man United women. 12 points after four games. Both teams have scored 11, conceded none. So very, very interesting currently in the WSL. Arsenal are playing, hopefully it will be on Supersport, match day six this coming Sunday evening. So Arsenal men obviously playing the afternoon against Nottingham. And they're normally on the later Supersport channel, seven, eight, nine. It's not always on the same channel. Uh, where they do show the evening game on the Sunday. The Sunday evening game, they tend to show that one. Uh, and Arsenal's playing West Ham women uh, at Meadow Park. Uh, 
at 8.45 Sunday evening. And that is for Arsenal to go, hopefully, top of the log. I just want to see who Man United plays. Because they are now the closest. And obviously, Chelsea are in third place, even though they played a game more. So, Man United go to the inform Everton woman. The Everton woman have actually been in good form. I think they might actually be fourth. Yes, so Man United woman, Everton woman. Uh, they don't play at Goodson Park, but wherever Everton plays, Everton are hosting it in Liverpool somewhere. And then Chelsea host Aston Villa. Aston, Aston Villa actually had a good start to the season, including beating Man City women. However, they've fallen off by losing their last two. So it's very likely that Arsenal, Man United and Chelsea will all win their games. Uh, all of them are currently on 12 points. However, Chelsea has played their fifth game already. Whereas Arsenal and Man United are still on four ga four games. And then this evening, Arsenal had a Champions League game. So a women's Champions League game against Zurich at a, a sad, a sadly empty Emirates Stadium. Obviously, the men were playing around about the same time. Poor performance, as we all know. But that was in Eindhoven. So a very small, sparse crowd came to come and watch Zurich. Maybe it's more to do with it's not a glamorous fixture. Uh, Arsenal were able to comfortably win the game 3-1 this evening, thanks to goals. Oh, my thing is not loading. Our new signing from Juventus. And uh, funny enough, Juventus with our former manager, Montemero. Uh, we will be coming up against Juventus away in the third game of the league. So Arsenal made a lot of changes. Lina Hurtig, our new left winger, scored twice. And Jordan Nobbs one of our most uh, experienced central midfielders also scored. So we were able to rotate the team quite nicely. So that's actually quite nice. Uh, we're not the team that normally starts. They didn't, I think it was about six, six changes or so that we made. And we were still able to comfortably win. I think we had one, two, three, four, four. Only four regular players started. With, and with the rest being on the bench. So we will be quite fresh for our next league game. So Arsenal are top uh, in the earlier game. Lyon, current reigning European champions, they drew away with Juventus. So that means that Arsenal are on six points after the two games. Juventus ladies on four points. The European champions only on one point. And Zurich women on zero points. And then obviously next week, Arsenal are away to Juventus. So it's once again similar to the men's, where the round three and four is like a double header. So Arsenal go to Juventus. Hopefully they can get a point there. And I think that would mean that they should qualify from the group because they would have two home games against Lyon and Juventus. So the tough teams, two home games to go. So all looking good for Arsenal women. Uh, it seems like we are top of the league. In both men and women, we are top of our groups in Europe. And then, another part of the segment that I'm going to add is discussing our under-21s and our under-18s. Our under-21s are top of the under-21 Premier League. Uh, there are 14 teams, with West Ham being right at the bottom. Tottenham second from bottom. Uh, Arsenal top, Crystal Palace second. All have played nine Games, Arsenal one point clear, so Arsenal are undefeated, won five, drew four, so it's quite a bit of a sickness that Arsenal got a very talented team, however they tend to concede quite a bit and they've had to come from behind quite a few times. 
Uh, so 19 points after nine games, still undefeated though. And then Crystal Palace and Manchester City are second and third respectively, one point uh, lower down. Arsenal are playing Crystal Palace and I think that might be a home game uh, on Monday next week. They tend to play on a Monday, the under-21s. Uh, so that is a top of the log clash. Arsenal against Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace have scored more goals than us, but conceded way more than us. So uh, our defence, even though we're still conceding quite a bit, we're the second leanest. We've conceded 10. Uh, only Fulham has conceded less than us on 8. So even though we are conceding silly goals, it's just normal mistakes that youngsters make. We do tend to concede quite a bit. And generally directly after scoring, or we tend to concede first and then end up going to win the games or to draw the games. Five wins, four draws. Our under-18s are the only team in all our, our football teams that's not top of the log. Actually, Arsenal are fourth. Uh, that is the team that is coached by our lovely Jack Walsher. So that's wonderful news to know that he's uh, getting into coaching so uh, Arsenal under 18s, also a, a team that tends to concede a lot of goals. They conceded 10 goals, scored 13 goals in fourth position, having played six games, six points behind West Ham. West Ham are currently leading the south section. of. So what they do is they divide it into north and south under 18s. I think it's probably due to travel. So obviously West Ham, Palace, Brighton, Tottenham, Fulham, Chelsea, Norwich, Leicester, West Brom, Aston Villa, Southampton. So Southampton's quite quite a bit further, but still falls under the south section. So all of those teams are, are probably travelling distance. It's youngsters. So Arsenal top of the men's competitions that we're in. The women's competitions that we're in. The under-21s. However, we want everybody to lift trophies at the end of the season or get into Europe as we like to say. So it's looking good for Arsenal. A bad week in terms of the men's team with a draw and the loss. But there's a new week that's coming, a new match day week this weekend. And we hope for the best. Come on, the Gunners.